0: Isaiah 62-3 For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May The light sent from God shine the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
1: As we uh, kick off worship this morning, let's kick things off with prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful that when oceans rise, where our own feet fail, you are there. Behind us, before us, with us, in all ways, in all places, in all times. As David said, there is no place that we can go where we are not in your presence. And we are so grateful for that. We're grateful for that reminder, especially when things get tough, Lord. We have had uh, a wonderful week of gathering and celebration and food and thanksgiving. And indeed, it has been a time of thanksgiving for us. But Lord, we uh, come to this place to worship this morning, also recognizing the ways in which we have failed you. And we have failed you in thought, in word, in deed, in things done and left undone. Sometimes when holiday seasons and vacations and and norms are disrupted, uh, we tend to put you on a shelf and go about our business and get wrapped up in the busyness of all of it. And we're sorry for that, Lord. Forgive us. We pray that you would cleanse us this morning as we come to worship. We want to focus all of our attention on you. We want to listen for a word from you. And so we don't want anything to stand in the way. Just renew our relationship in this moment. Not just with you, with each other too, though. Because we recognize that you call us into this place in which uh, horizontal relationships matter uh, just as much as our relationship with you. In fact, they are tied together that, that uh, our ability to receive forgiveness uh, comes through our willingness to forgive others as we pray in the prayer that Jesus taught us. And so we want to be a people who, who are reconciled to each other, reconciled to you. And we pray that that would be so this morning. We also come this morning, Lord, with, with heaviness on our hearts because there are people who are not here this morning because they are uh, sick Uh, at home, sick in the hospital, um, folks that uh, are dealing with job loss and um, knowing next steps, transitions in life. And so we just want to call out these names to you, Lord, because we know that you ask us to lay our burdens before you uh, so that we might not carry them any longer. And so hear now the words as we Lift them up to you, these names and situations (coughs) and places that we long to give to you.
0: For Cecile Roberts.
1: Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, mercy, hear our our prayer.
0: For Sean O'Connor.
1: Lord, in your your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord, in your your mercy, mercy, hear our prayer. Lord in your, Lord, your mercy, mercy, hear, hear our, prayers. our prayers. Jeremy
0: Hunter Lord in your <coughs> mercy, hear our, <coughs> our prayers.
1: Lord in your mercy, hear <coughs> our prayers. Carol Lord, Lord in your, your mercy, mercy, hear our prayers. Hear our prayers. Lord in your hear mercy, our hear prayers. our prayers. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. All of our loved ones who are traveling around the state and the country today, Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. Our band. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. My coworkers with no family. Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers.
0: Mary Wiggins.
1: Lord in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we have spoken these out loud, but I'm sure that there are names on our hearts that we haven't said out loud, maybe because of fear, maybe because we don't don't even know how to begin to form the prayer itself. And so we look to you to intercede on our behalf. Holy Spirit, uh, the things that we can't say or don't know how to say, please uh, take them to the throne for us. And uh, as we worship you this morning, Lord, just give us a sense of peace and calm uh, that we may find strength and hope in you and in your ability to love us and to guide us and lead us in all situations. We give this day to you. We give this worship hour to you. We pray that you would be glorified in all things. And it is through Christ that we pray. Amen.
0: Like to invite our kids to come forward for children's time this morning you too Kevin that's you too legend oh, he might be sleeping on the front row, but I gotta make sure to say good morning and a happy birthday to somebody who turned eleven today. is he out Is he sleeping before this, se- he is asleep on the front row so y'all make sure to give legend a high five and a hug for his birthday today um, because he is turning. 11, we could sing happy birthday super loud at him and maybe he would wake up, (laughs) no, we won't do that to him this morning, Um, he deserves a nap, he's turning 11, it's hard to be 11, so, (laughs) it's been a very, very busy Thanksgiving week, did you guys all have a good Thanksgiving week too? it was very long. It was very long, you got to stay out of school all week, most of you, yeah, what did you do? Oh, my goodness, that is a lot of (laughs) traveling to do. (laughs) But did you all get to eat some Thanksgiving meals at somewhere? Did you get some pie? Pie is my favorite. No? No pie? All right. Okay, guys, well, tell me something. During children's, well, during Sunday school today, I know most of y'all were there. Some of you were not. Um, Who remembers what we talked about? I know it's a pop quiz. You didn't know I was going to do that. Yes. Justice. Justice, that's exactly right. And so we did an activity where we handed out um, cookies, but did everybody get the exact same fair amount of cookies? No, Jay had the most, right? Jay, you won. you had the most cookies. Um, but that wasn't really fair to everybody, was it? It wasn't most of the time when we hand out snacks and cookies in the children's wing, everybody gets the same amount or we all do the same craft, those sorts of things. Um, but, There is a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I know, he's got kind of a funny name. He's one of those little bitty books at the end of the New Testament, or Old Testament, sorry. (laughs) I went to seminary, I promise. Um, He's one of those little bitty books at the end of the Old Testament. His name is Habakkuk. And he looked around, and he saw that things were not very fair. And that was not doing justice to the world, right? That there was not very much justice. And he looked and he prayed to God and he said, God, how come things aren't fair? How come there's no justice? How long are you going to let this unfairness go on? And God responds to Habakkuk, um, but maybe not in a way that we expect. And so we're going to learn about Habakkuk a little bit more today um, in this service, but also in Children's Church. If you all want to go to Children's Church with me in a minute. And then really quick... One more thing is about today. Today is the first day of Advent. What is this? Who can tell candle! me? It's our Advent candle. Okay, so we, but we only lit one of them. Why did we only light the one? I it next Sunday, next Sunday, we'll, light next Sunday one. we'll light another, and we'll have two, and then the following Sunday, three, and the following Sunday, four, and then when we light this one, It's on Christmas. That's right. So it's Christ the King. You guys are so smart. So it's counting down to Christmas and reminding us that Jesus is coming. huh? You want to do the candle again next week? Well, we might invite another family to do a candle next week. All right, guys. Well, let's pray. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a God of justice. Help us to be fair and just as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Let's go to Children's Church.
1: Amen. I loved how Jay was tapping out the prayer as he was praying it. Dear Lord, thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we are uh we're, we're hanging out with Habakkuk today. Uh, for those of you who have been with us, you know that we follow the narrative lectionary, which starts in Genesis, and we work our way through, in the course of nine months, uh, the story of God's people, and we're about to transition over into the New Testament with the birth of Jesus. But for right now, we're at the end of the Old Testament uh, with Habakkuk, and uh, it's a very short book. We are going to read sections of chapter 1, sections of chapter 2, and sections of chapter 3. So listen now for a word from the Lord. I am Habakkuk the prophet, and this is the message that the Lord gave me. Our Lord, how long must I beg for your help before you listen? How long before you save us from all this violence? Why do you make me watch such terrible injustice? Why do you allow violence, lawlessness, crime, and cruelty to spread everywhere? Laws cannot be enforced. Justice is always the loser. Criminals crowd out honest people and twist the laws around. While standing guard on the watchtower, I waited for the Lord's answer before explaining the reason for my complaint. Then the Lord told me, I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance. At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. I, the Lord, refuse to accept anyone who is proud. Only those who live by faith are acceptable to me. Just as water fills the sea, the land will be filled with people who know and honor the Lord. When I heard this message, and my lips quivered, my bones seemed to melt, and I stumbled around. But I will patiently wait. Someday those vicious enemies will be struck by disaster. Fig trees may no longer bloom or vineyards produce grapes. Olive trees may be fruitless and harvest time a failure. Sheep pens may be empty and cattle stalls vacant. But I will still celebrate because the Lord God is my Savior. The Lord gives me strength. He makes my feet as sure as those of a deer, and He helps me stand on the mountains. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. To God. I'm gonna... Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> You're going, what? Happy New Year. You know, in the Christian ca- calendar, today marks a brand new year. Yeah. It is a brand new year beginning with Advent. Isn't that cool? So we get to switch over all the stuff, the colors, the colors, Purple candles, purple lights behind the cross. My purple stole I was wearing a while ago. It's a brand new year and a brand new season. Advent, which comes from the Latin word adventus, which means arrival or coming. This is a four-week season, much like Lent before Easter, in which we take four weeks to really assess things. We think about things like, what does it mean that Jesus has already come into the world? What was it like for them back in those days when the prophets foretold of this Messiah that would come and they waited and they waited and they waited and then news spread of this tiny baby that was born in a manger and some shepherds got to go see it and talk about it and spread the word. What was that like? What is it like for us now on this side of Christmas to be waiting for the return of Jesus This promise that He gave us that He would come back for us someday and all things would be made right. What are our hearts like right now in this waiting period? As we assess our hearts, as we uh, seek the arrival of Christmas and we contemplate the second coming of Jesus, what needs to change in us before this can become a reality in our world? Waiting. That's what Advent is all about. Waiting. And waiting is so hard, right? Waiting is so hard. I remember as a kid, you would see signs that Christmas was coming up. Things would begin to change. They would hang this stuff in the, in the towns, on the telephone poles. And the music on the radio would start to play some Christmas songs. And maybe mom and dad would get the Christmas tree out and set it up. And as a kid, you knew, ah, Christmas is coming. And then you would ask, is it here yet? When is Christmas? And mom would say, well, it's in in another month. A month? That's so long. You know how long it takes to wait for a month to go by? My gosh. Waiting is so hard. Christmas would finally arrive. Maybe you knew this as a kid. You'd lay in bed and go, this night is going to take forever. (laughs) There is no way I can fall asleep because Santa's coming in the morning and I can't wait. Waiting. Waiting is so hard for us as humans, we have developed very clever ways to make sure we don't have to wait as long, Right? microwaves, microwaves cook our food like that, air fryers like that, we have on demand television now, remember the days when you had to wait for Charlie Brown to come on to the CBS and then you had to watch the commercials, no more, We, we can watch it anytime we want, right now, we don't even have to watch commercials anymore. Faster modes of transportation. We were talking this morning with the kids about how they used to ride camels. We got jets now. Do you imagine the wise men traveling to Bethlehem on camels? We could get to Bethlehem in no time now. Ooh, what about lines at the grocery store? We've developed these things called self-checkout. All right? Just do it yourself. You don't have to wait anymore. Waiting. Waiting is so hard. It's hard for us, especially... In times of our lives, seasons of our lives in which things are just rotten, things are just bad, and we are waiting to get out of this hard time that we are in. Waiting then is especially hard. And I was thinking this week, as, even as my family was coming in and we're, we're cooking food and we're laughing and we're playing games and we're eating, but I would get these you know, little news blips on my phone that told me, While it might have been comfy and cozy at my house, the world around us was falling apart. I mean, Sunday, last Sunday, we had some guy go into a nightclub in Colorado and and killed five people just because he didn't like them, right? Then on the next day, uh, on Monday, there was an earthquake in Indonesia that killed hundreds and hundreds of people. They didn't see that coming. They didn't expect that to happen. And yet it did. Then on Wednesday, I heard about four college students who were stabbed to death in Idaho. And, and then on, on Friday, uh, six people were shot in Virginia by a Walmart employee who just couldn't take the stress of, uh, I guess, Black Friday coming, right? And then I think yesterday, there was a rains and a mudslide on an island in Italy in which dozens and dozens of people are missing and feared dead. We've got this ongoing war in Ukraine. It's in my newsfeed every single day. We have continuing political division and strife in our country in which we just can't seem to get along and we can't seem to get anything done. We, we have this denominational split we're going through. I mean, at some points it feels like the world is falling apart, even though it's Thanksgiving week and you'd think that we could just like have calm for a week. This week, for whatever reason... It's falling apart, and sometimes I feel just like shaking my my fist at the sky and saying, God, how long? How long do we have to look at this stuff? How long do we have to put up with this stuff? When are you going to send Jesus and make this all right? We've been waiting for so long. And so when I read Habakkuk, written 2600 years ago and I see Habakkuk saying the same things that we're thinking today I think gosh we're not so far removed are we Habakkuk saying to God how long why do you make me look at this stuff when are you going to come clean this place up now this was written about 120 years after our text last week last week We were in Jerusalem with Isaiah and King Hezekiah and King Sennacherib. Had them trapped like a bird in a cage within the walls of Jerusalem. And he was taunting them. Remember that? Trying to get them to make a move. Either submit peacefully or come out and fight us, but don't stay inside those walls. Do something. And Isaiah said, do not be afraid. Don't move an inch. Don't move a muscle. Watch and see what God's going to do. 120 years has gone by. Guess where Assyria is? They're gone. Nowhere. Assyria is gone completely. The dominant power now is Babylon. And Babylon is an increasing threat. They too are kind of pressing in on the walls of Jerusalem. And it's in this context that Habakkuk just says, look, God, it's bad enough that within our city, we are robbing and cheating and killing each other, that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and, and, and it sucks just inside our city walls. And on top of that, now we've got to put up with Babylon. How long, oh God? It's too much to bear. How long? And I think sometimes we refrain from kind of that shaking your fist at the sky kind of prayer to God because we think, well, God is God and we don't want to upset God. But I think it's a perfectly normal and acceptable question to ask. I think it's okay to express your anger because God already knows how you feel in the inside. Habakkuk was just brave enough to voice it, right? I think sometimes it's okay to say, God, I, how, like, what's up here? Do you see what's happening? The world is going haywire. And so then Habakkuk climbs up on the city wall just to kind of wait for an answer from God. And God responds. And God responds to, to Habakkuk's prayer that really is also our prayer, our same question that we're asking today. How long, O oh God? And God answers, but, but the answer's not the answer that we want to hear, really. I mean, it, it, it answers it, but it's not really what we want to hear. God says, you know, I'm not blind to these atrocities, this violence all about. I'm not off somewhere sleeping like I know what's going on, Habakkuk. I see it. I haven't forgotten you guys. I haven't forgotten my promises to you. And, I, and I'm telling you right now that someday the proud will be humbled and the humble will be raised up. Those who trust in me will not be let down. Someday the earth is going to be filled with people that recognize who I am, and they will honor me someday, all in due time. All in due time. I don't like that answer. Give me a date so that I can at least mark it off on my calendar. 30 days from now? Okay, great. We'll be ready. Three years from now? Great. We'll mark it on the calendar. We'll know. Give me something so I know when this is all going to be resolved. Don't tell me all in due time, God. I mean, surely God knows the limits of the human heart. King Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, Solomon said, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Which tells me the human heart can only hold out hope for so long. We only have enough hope to last for a little bit in us. Eventually, eventually we're going to be disappointed, we're going to give up hope and our hearts will begin to turn inward, disappointed, sick, sour. And so when I read the end of Habakkuk's letter, you know, when he's saying, hey, I choose to rejoice in the Lord, my God and Savior. Kudos to you, Habakkuk. That's great. I'm glad that you are able to do that. Right now, I'm struggling in the world that we're in. So how long can you sustain it? Habakkuk, did you ever think that 2,600 years later, we would be asking the same questions? This was kind of where our Tuesday night discussion went, right, Mary? We, we asked the question, uh, how does Habakkuk sustain hope? That's great that he he is... He is Waiting expectantly and rejoicing in God, his Savior. But where is that coming from? How is that possible? What What is his secret? I was thinking about David, King David. Before he was a king, when Saul was still king and David was just a young buck and he was put in charge of Saul's uh, troops and, and David would lead these fantastic campaigns, there was a, a a moment in which David got into a pretty hopeless situation. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag, burned it down, and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed none of them, but carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came to the city, They found it burned down and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was in great danger for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in spirit for their sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's a pretty hopeless situation. To come back and all your children, all your wives, your sons and daughters, carried off by who knows into where knows. And and your family's been taken too. And then the people look to you as the leader and say... Uh, We're going to go ahead and kill you now. That's a pretty hopeless situation. And yet, we are told that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. When he had no hope, he turned to the Lord, the eternal source of that which we cannot sustain in ourselves, and said, God, I need your help. I I need your strength because I don't have any strength left in me. I need your hope because I don't have any hope in me. This is a hopeless situation, God. I need your help. And I wonder if this story from David maybe influenced Habakkuk the prophet. Because after he says all this wonderful stuff, though the fruit trees are barren and the vineyards have withered away and harvest time was a bust this year and the sheep pens and cattle stalls are empty, even though the world is going to hell in a handbasket, I rejoice in the Lord my God. I live with my face fixed toward that day when it's all made right. Why? Why? Because the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and He makes me tread upon the heights. You see, Habakkuk is able to say what he says and to wait out this this terrible moment with hope Not because he's some kind of superhero or that he has some secret that we don't know about. It's because the Lord is the source of his strength. God is the source of his strength. Like a water fountain when you're thirsty, right? You're desperate to find a water fountain. Habakkuk in this moment is desperate. If you're not going to tell me when, God, at least give me your strength. To sustain me through this time. See the reality is life is tough. Jesus said it would be. There's no shocker there. Life is tough. And on top of that we have no control over how and when this will all be resolved. We're just here for the ride. All we can do is wait. Advent. Wait for for the arrival. Wait for the coming. And so if we have to wait, and if we have no control over how and when it's resolved, how ought we to wait? If the only thing you can do is wait, how should you wait? Well, Habakkuk gives us a couple options. You can wait as a proud person who relies on your own strength and works really hard to make your corner of the world safe and secure and happy while the rest of the world is falling apart. And a lot of people do that. You know, I mean, my my living room was safe and comfortable over Thanksgiving break. Nice fire going, lots of smoked ham. Thank you, Dan. You know? So I can, like, live that way, just like making sure that that is my reality all the time, and ignoring the rest and just kind of relying on my own ability to make things good for me and my family. And the Lord says, yeah, you can do that. But in the end, you're going to be exhausted and out of energy and empty. You'll be like the walking dead. Like you, you, you think that you're alive, but you're not really alive. That's one way that you can pass the time. The other way, he says, is to trust in the Lord. To trust in the Lord, that the Lord is working towards something that will be good in the end. To trust in the Lord by praying for an end to evil. Even that that fist shaking, praying for an end to evil. How long, O God? But not just that. Also contemplating the ways in which you are part of the problem that you're praying for an end to. Right? The problems come from humanity, and we're humans. So we're all contributing to the problem. It's not just, God, when are you going to clean these people up so that I can be happy? It's, when are you going to clean us up? When are you going to take care of my heart? <laughs> Which is part of the problem. And then trusting that God will, can, and will, in His perfect time, come and do everything that He said. He said, those people. Those people are actually alive. They are the ones who by faith experience true life, abundant life. And so then when you're in this place of trust and hope and you find that your hope reserves begin to fail because they can only last so long, hope deferred makes the heart sick when your human hope reserves begin to fail and that pessimism starts to creep in and that feeling of defeat and that little voice in your head says, well, maybe you should just take care of yourself. Or maybe if the world is just a bad place anyway, you might as well just like join in. Just, you know, do what you want to do. When that begins to creep in then, faith says, turn to the Lord for strength. To continue in hope while you wait. That's the difference between the two. You see, God has not turned a blind eye to our world. In fact, I believe that God is always, in, in small and great ways, God is working toward our, good, even now, even as we're sitting in this place worshiping, and God is present in this place, God is also present in the world working toward our good, toward that ultimate vision that God has laid out for us. God is working on our behalf. And so my prayer is that this Advent season, these next four weeks, as we wait for the arrival of Christmas, but we also look forward to the arrival of Jesus to come and do everything He said He was going to do, that we would tap into this eternal source of hope. Because life is tough. And we need that source of strength and hope. So may we prepare our hearts for the good news of Christmas. As we say, come Lord Jesus, come. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So folks, we're going to be exploring um, ways in which we are to wait over the next four weeks. And each candle will represent... Uh, a, a quality of waiting that we want to embody. And hopefully, when Christmas arrives, we'll have it all together. Probably not, but that's the hope, right? So with that, will you all grab the hand of the person next to you? Let's, let's form a, a chain around this place. And will you receive this blessing? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know that you are perfectly loved, you are completely forgiven, and you are uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out into the world and live as God's faithful children. As you do, you're probably going to make some mistakes, because we all do. But I need you to know, when you make those mistakes, there's nothing, nothing you can do that would make God love you any less, because God's love for us is not based on our performance. It's rooted in His amazing grace, and it is by grace that He looks at us and says, Beloved, I love you exactly as you are, but I love you too much to leave you there. And so our prayer is that He is changing us, making us more like Jesus in this season of Advent. And I pray that that would be your experience. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please take that good word and go from this place in peace.